Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and objectionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice by a licensed therapist. Listener discretion is advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. My name is Rebecca and I am your host. I hope everybody's been doing well and is all getting ready for the holidays here. Um, Now that Thanksgiving is wrapped up and Christmas is upon us, I'm sure everybody's been out shopping or trying to shop or figure out time to go shopping. At least I know that is for myself. I do work full time and so it's not easy to get everything done and I think as I get older it becomes more challenging. But I am thankful for the options of online shopping but a part of me yet still feels bad because I don't want to take away, you know, um, jobs from people locally because I know businesses and people working and small businesses, you know, they need to thrive and be successful and with our online ability even though it makes it easier for us it's kind of harder on other people so I personally try and keep that in mind and this year have done probably half of my shopping locally and of course the other half on that big old Amazon website Um, I did want to share with you some exciting news uh, that I have um for you regarding um, the show. Um, Over the last couple of weeks, I completed and set up my first official website. So this is not through the Facebook or the Instagram or even Twitter. I mean, you can follow me on those. You can join um, my uh, private group for uh, infidelity, for female infidelity that I have through Facebook. Um, You have to answer a couple of questions, you know, before you can join, because I want to make sure everybody feels safe and protected. And I do have men who have cheated, who wanted to join, because they are feeling like they're in the same boat. Um, within reason of the females and then I've actually had husbands want to join because they want to see what happened in their relationships which caused their wives to step out Um, I've actually been in touch with several guys over the last couple of weeks who are victims of their wives or significant others cheating on them and I've had some amazing feedback which honestly surprised me as they listened to the podcast Uh, that they felt it was very informative and they uh, feel better knowing that they aren't alone as well. I mean, none of us are alone when it comes to any of this. 
whether it be we cheated or we were the other person or we were cheated on. Um, it's all a really difficult subject and painful for everybody that's involved. Um, but anyways, back to my website, um, you can find me. It's raw truth stories of female infidelity.com. And that is the one longest word and longest website, probably known to man. Um, but on there, you can submit a story directly to me. It'll actually link you through email. All my episodes are uploaded onto the site. And then you can also access the Patreon account. Yes, I have decided to open up a Patreon for people like you to subscribe. Um, the reason for that is I want to be able to offer bonus content and I want to be able to share episodes early. So um, the pledge is $3 a month. And what that'll get you is early access to the episodes before it comes out on regular uh, release. And you will hear bonus content that will not be put on regular release. Um, and also, you know, I know $3, it's what a coffee these days. And sometimes it's hard to part with a coffee. I am that way. But um, it does allow me to continue to pay for my website, pay for my podcast hosting. Um, it, you know, I advertise on Facebook trying to get people to listen to the podcast. And so the equipment that I've had to purchase and everything, there is quite an investment, including time and paying for, um, I have a coach that kind of helps me, the podcast doctor, woo, um, who guides me along when I have questions, because I didn't just wake up one day and know how to run this program. You know, I've had to do a lot of learning over the last few months. And so I appreciate all the support you guys have given me so far with uh, listening to the podcast and the feedback and, and everything. But if you are interested in helping out just a little bit more, it would be the pledge of $3. You can go to my website and you can go to the Patreon button and it'll take you to the page where you can subscribe. And then um, if you are a Facebook follower, I have it on there as well. So there's a couple of places. Or if you're not sure, you can always email me and I can um, send you the link. And of course, my email is rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. For today's story, I received um, a message from a really nice gal named Susan. And she had a story to share. And she actually sent it to me for the first time I'd received it um, of a uh, voice message. Voice message, I guess, would be the right way. Um, it came over in parts, and I was able to transcribe it so I could share it with you. That way it keeps things private. Nobody can hear her voice or anything like that. But her story is a long one, and so this is actually going to be broken up into two episodes. So today will be the first part, and then in two weeks um, I will release the second half of her story. Um, this one, you guys, I think, can understand and relate if you had met somebody through work and that spark flew, um, how sometimes, and as we spoke on previous podcasts, one of the most common places where affairs take place is through work. Um, so anyways, with all that being said, let's get started with Susan's episode. I have been married to the same person for over 10 years. I guess the backstory to me is that I was an only child, raised pretty much by a single parent and grandparents. 
I didn't really know my father at all and wasn't really allowed to know anything about him until I found out much later in life. But my mother would never really share it with me. But the backstory, I guess, to my infidelity probably happened about six years ago. At this point, I would have been married for several years and had had a child who was a few years old, and I was trying to have another child, but that was unsuccessful. I was at a point in my life where I wanted to take a break from the trying and what I was doing and what it was doing to me. I think there was a lot of transitioning happening at the time in which I met this man. One thing I will say is that oftentimes, I think when you meet someone like this, you engage in an extramarital affair with them, and it can't be the first time you've ever thought about it. So it certainly was not my first time I'd ever thought about it, but it was the first time that I gave into it. I feel like other times in my marriage in which I encountered someone that I would have had a definite opportunity to be with, I just didn't make any type of move, and that individual didn't make any type of move. I met my husband when I was older in life, and I realize now that the first year, or close to the first year of our relationship, which entailed even moving in together within the first seven months of knowing each other, was good, or the majority of it. I think that I did see red flags after the first year from a lack of necessarily sexual desire for him after that period of time. I just don't think we connected very well on that level. And that was something that in previous relationships had been very important to me. And I had always been a very sexual person in the majority of the relationships that I had been in, whether they were totally committed relationships or not. But then I also think that I've always, from that time period until now, that it wasn't just a lack of sexual interest anymore, it was the stress of finances. I had been then and am now the breadwinner of the family and have always had a lot of pressure on me to be successful in my career. Even though at this point my career does not keep us afloat financially, but it does provide a lot more financially than his career ever has. I have never felt he was a go-getter or similar in my personality to wanting to make sure that we were secure financially, but at the same time has always been very critical of my spending, of my wants or my needs. In regards to anything that costs money, I've always been on a short leash of having to ask for every little thing that I might want to spend money on for myself, for our children, or even for him. It has always been a source of contention that I think has made me very unhappy in the marriage as well. And I think those main issues combined with the inability to have another baby years ago and the stress that it was putting on the marriage had a lot to do with what led to the initial infidelity. And also there were a lot of personal factors beyond the infertility that was causing, I think, me to really look outside of my marriage for something else. I had lost a very close person to me who had been in my life for over 20 years. I had moved to a place where I did not have very many close friends at all, so I didn't really have anyone except my husband. I didn't have any family because at this point they had passed away. Those are all long stories in and of themselves, but certainly factor into how I feel. I did not love my job in any way. I had started a new job a few years prior, but we moved somewhere new. I did not like it at all and I felt very trapped based on the circumstances I mentioned earlier with being financially responsible in many aspects for the family. 
I also think of those factors as not an excuse, but are certainly part of the initial infidelity, and I oftentimes say to myself that if things would have been better, even if the lack of sexual desire maybe was there, I would have been happier. Outside of my marriage, if I would have a close-knit family, if I would have had close friends and such, I would have had a lot more outlets. At this point, I didn't have any outlets. I also feel like something I should touch on is that being a mother was very stressful to me. And I've talked about this in therapy before, and I still have an enormous amount of anxiety with being a mother. I love my children, both very much, but I could never handle them full time for multiple days or hours, obviously, because I have always been a full-time working mother. I've always had full-time help, which I think was a savior for me. So at the same time, it was a detriment that I was being forced to be the breadwinner and work full-time. It was also a savior because it wasn't the case. I wouldn't have been able to have had so much help from our nanny. Now that my children are a bit older, it's gotten much better, but there were times when one or both of them were younger where I could not fathom being alone with them for hours on end or days on end without my husband or somebody there to help. Either the anxiety was being caused by potential illness and what could happen or just not being able to have the patience to handle them and their constant need. I've never really been a kid person, but I obviously wanted to have children, especially since I was an only child. I can never imagine my life without them or without having children at all, but it is always and continues to be a struggle, even now as they are older. Things are different at the same time though, now that they are older, my anxiety has definitely subsided. They can communicate with me better and they go to school. There are, of course, still challenging issues. I think I can face them better than sort of being responsible for a small being and having to be on all the time that I think was playing in years and years ago. The irony that I wanted to have another child, but had a lot of anxiety handling the first one, now looking back, made no sense, but at the time I didn't want my son to be the only child. The most interesting thing that is different for me than most people, so I've heard, or actually maybe not most people, but what's so funny to me with stories online when it comes to infidelity or female infidelity is the lack of guilt that I have towards what I did. I met a man through work several years ago. We had a short several month, probably seven, eight month long affair. We were able to basically go on with the affair because of our work connection. He was much more hesitant, he had claimed, than I was, and that he had never ever engaged in anything like this before. He was married a little bit longer than I had been, and he did not have any children, which I think was a source of contention in his marriage. And that is where he was also not at the greatest place in his life, at the time in which he met me, which may have, well, just be a guess, as to why he engaged in the affair. We had a lot in common. I wouldn't say he was the absolute opposite of my husband, but when it came to having things in common from a background perspective on how we grew up, on how we thought about life, and on things that we liked, we had a lot in common. And we also, I think, were at a stage in our lives where we had had a lot of problems in our marriages that we didn't want to admit. 
He carried and harbored a lot more guilt towards having the affair over the months that we were seeing each other. So that was always a push and pull, and I was always the aggressor. At the time during the relationship, I definitely never felt the type of guilt that he felt. I didn't feel it towards my child. I didn't feel it towards my husband. If anything, the only thing that ever made me upset was when he was not happy or when he was having thoughts of ending the relationship. That's what would cause me anxiety, to stress, to be upset, to be sad. He was never and has never been what I was doing to my husband because I felt like, if anything at the time, I actually gave more to my husband. We went out a lot more and we did a lot more. I never felt like I neglected my son because of it. And I felt like it was almost better for my husband, if I could possibly make sense saying that. The relationship ended because I had to make a choice between having another child and staying with this man. I knew that I was never going to leave my husband, at least not at that point in my life. I didn't want my husband to be upset. I still to this day think that if I had ever left my husband right now, I get concerned as how he would be. What I did have with this man was important to me, and I felt like I could fall in love with him or was falling in love with him, but I needed to end it. I knew he was never going to leave his relationship, though it was very complicated. And while he would slightly complain about it at the same time, he was also still in love with his wife and couldn't explain why he was doing what he was doing with me. Obviously, with every relationship like this, I think there is an element of excitement of the bad and sneaky parts of it being erotic and exciting. And then there were the most obvious connections, which was the sexual connection. We just connected very well sexually. We were very sexually attracted to each other. I felt like I wanted to be a better person because of him. So I started working out and eating better and taking care of myself. I had not done that after having my first child. And he was someone who made me feel as if I was gorgeous, and I felt better about myself. But when all was said and done, I felt I needed to make a choice, and that was to have another baby with my husband or to be with him. And that is where the relationship came to a close after various months, because I knew that I wasn't going to be with him for long term. I was on a very short time frame to have another child. I will also not say that I made the full decision alone. I felt like he was pulling away from me and I didn't want to be the person that was left. So I made the decision that I was going to end it. In doing that, there was a series or perhaps one email, which not long after I did this, his wife read as she found out about the relationship. He told me very briefly over a phone call, and I never spoke to him again. I do not know whether his wife was going to show up at my house because she obviously knew who I was. She would be able to find out information on me, but I never thought about it too long because I actually went immediately back into fertility treatments and was successful almost immediately in getting pregnant. My focus became being pregnant, staying pregnant, being in my marriage, and I didn't think very much of him except at certain times during and after my pregnancy. Almost like I would think about him as if it was 20 years and we'd see each other again and how that would be. I always thought of it so far in the future that my children were always much older. 
Perhaps I was divorced from my husband, I don't know. I just always fantasized about it in a way in which it was never going to affect my marriage or my children when I saw him again, or if I ever saw him again. I had no clue, except through very, very third-party sources, whether his marriage stayed together. I kind of figured out a few years, maybe a year or two after, that his marriage did stay together. We were still connected in a weird way through our professional careers, so I knew through people, through my job, that he had stayed in his marriage. I didn't know anything about it, though. I didn't know what their marriage was like, and I didn't know anything about what had happened during that time period. I was just very much focused on the pregnancy and having my daughter, and then also in ending up taking on a new job before I even had my daughter because an opportunity came along with a great professional opportunity, and they did not care that I was having a baby. So I was extremely focused on my career as well and on the new job, and the job has been very successful and fruitful one over the years. I was very grateful that the opportunity came along even while I was pregnant. So I had that focus in my life. I was able to kind of turn things around and there was a lot of change, which meant me forgetting about him fairly quickly and think that it was all just a ridiculous notion that I'd had falling madly in love with someone and having a great, amazing connection with someone that it didn't, that it really was not the case. And I was kind of building it up to something that it really wasn't. And now I had my life, that this was the life I was going to have forever. And I was going to be happy with it and accept it. And while it still had challenges and difficulties and the issues with my husband that were still there, we were in a strange way and yet in a better place. So I will now fast forward several years. Because of the work in which I do, and through a strange way, about three years or so after the relationship and the affair had ended, I saw this person again through work. When I saw this person, we really didn't speak at all. The first few times that I saw him, over maybe a year or so, which totaled about ten times or less, was only through work. If we did speak, it was about work, and it was very short-lived with other individuals around. I think a part of me, which is hard to understand, is that I had the power to stop working with this individual. Without getting into too much detail, I definitely was the person who allowed myself to be working along with this person. I could have, without harming my job in any way, removed myself from the situation or removed this totally. The person from the situation actually should give him a name, I guess I'll call him John, I could have removed John from the situation, yet I chose not to. So I went through the first year, I would say, our year plus of not seeing John that much, but just seeing him here and there in group situations and really being focused all on work. When it came clear that the relationship was going to change a little bit, oh, over that one year, we were in a particular type of work setting, which again was around other people, but for some reason, he became much more friendly, much more relaxed, and he would engage in talking to me still about work, but doing what he'd always done and being very, very funny, charismatic, and even though it was about a work setting, 
He would direct comments and conversation to me with the other people around, and that is sort of where it began. It then became a situation where because of the nature of the work at the time, we began seeing each other almost every month, which was different from before, and because of the nature of the work that I prefer not to get into, we had to be in direct settings with each other. Whereas the work previously had not been work that we needed to really closely engage. It would be just very short, hi, how are you? This is what's happening. Okay, we'll talk soon. Soon maybe I'd be on some emails with him. This particular type of work, because of what was going on, we had to actually talk and engage with each other. The first time I remember doing that, when there would not be a lot of people around, I remember there being such an extreme excitement in me, so much so that I couldn't stop thinking about him. I had never thought that this would happen again. I was so engaged by the conversation again with him and the communication, even though it may have just been around work and the laughter and the fun that I could remember us having before. I think the biggest issue in which I started to realize that this relationship very well may not be over or could come to light again was that when we had to start traveling together for work. We would be hanging out socially with other people that we worked with on these trips, which had not been like it was the first few times when we'd get together. We weren't doing things like having lunch or having dinner together or drinks, but now we had started doing that. I remember the first time that we did do it. I reached out to him when the dinner was over via email because that was really the only way I knew how to contact him. I asked him if he wanted to get together. Yes, I left you on a cliffhanger with this story. In two weeks on January 5th, this next half of the episode will release and we'll find out a little bit more about what happened with Susan and John and be able to finish up her story. Again, thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate it. Um, Again, if you're interested, please um, subscribe on our Patreon, continue downloading and sharing this uh, podcast with other people. It's growing and I'm so excited. I love to know that I'm making a difference in helping people. Um, If you are listening and you have a story you would like to share with me, shoot me an email. It's rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. I will get back to you and we will go from there. Um, And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, I was a female who cheated on my spouse or partner. Um, I do like to receive stories from men who had their wives cheated on them so that we can look at their side of what happened, or if you were the other woman or the other man in a relationship. So with that, I hope you all have a good Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever holiday is in your heart. I hope it's wonderful. And I will look forward to the next episode after the new year. Thank you. Have a great day. And remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.